0: Give yourself the freedom to fail. Give yourself the freedom to play as an artist and just express yourself. And don't try to make something great when you're making a piece of art. Just make something true. And if you make something true, it will be great.
1: Here's the truth. 33% of adults overeat due to stress and difficulty sleeping. And stress and lack of sleep leads to overeating. But what if I told you there are some powerful superfoods that can help reduce stress, help you sleep better, and make you feel more satiated? Allow me to introduce you to Golden Superfood Bliss by Earth Echo Foods. Golden Superfood Bliss is jam-packed with 12 powerful ingredients that crush hunger cravings and help relieve stress, making it the most potent and effective product of its kind on the market. For a limited time only, Earth Echo Foods wants to give you 15% off Golden Superfood Bliss and your entire Earth Echo order by using the code MANIFESTABLE at checkout. Go to EarthEchoFoods.com, EarthEchoFoods.com and use the code MANIFESTABLE at checkout for 15% off your order. Again, that's EarthEchoFoods. Dot .com and use the code manifestable at checkout for 15% off your order today. Welcome to Manifestival. I'm your host, Danette May, and each week I will bring you epic guests and live coaching where you can come to receive profound breakthroughs, courage to break old patterns, and live into your soul's purpose. My mission is to remind people of their power and that they have the control to tap into their energy to achieve extraordinary things. Today, I'm chatting with Adam, better known as NQ. He's an Emmy-nominated poet, multi-platinum songwriter, best-selling author, and wordsmith genius. You guys, he has been featured on Oprah's Super Soul, 100 list of the world's most influential thought leaders. He <laughs> performed at Cirque Soleil, featured at A&E, ESPN, HBO's Deaf Poetry Jam, He has inspired countless audiences around the world. Here's the deal. I actually met NQ. I don't know if he knows this. I'm going to share this on the episode with him. But I met him at Summit in the mountains of Utah. I heard him over dinner. He did poetry while we were getting ready to eat. And he cracked my heart wide open. And I've been a huge fan of his ever since. And so I'm so excited to bring him on and to get to know kind of behind the man, behind the legend, because now he's doing Amazon Prime Video. He's traveling around the world. He's getting asked all over the places. He's multi-platinum. Like, come on, like this is amazing. So I'm excited to jam out with him. It's going to be an amazing episode. Let's get started. I want to know right off the bat, where did NQ come from? Like, what does that stand for for you?
0: It stands for In Question. Originally, it was Inquiry. And I was given that name by a buddy of mine when I was like 15 years old. Because I was always really curious. I was asking everybody's questions about life and themselves and stuff like that. So he was like, I'm going to start calling you Inquiry. And That's then, what they
1: called you Inquiry.
0: Yeah, it was my name. We're like, it. okay, NQ. Then no, then just people started calling me NQ and then people started calling me Q. And I mean, I really rarely heard my real name after that. So
1: Wow. I love it. I love it. NQ, it really sticks. I have to tell you, I I briefly dropped it when you walked in the door, but I first witnessed you and your magic at a summit event in Utah many, many years ago. It was one of their first ones. You'll probably remember because you were there and we were sitting down to eat dinner in that cabin, in that log, beautiful cabin. I don't know if you call it cabin. It's a very, very, very large building. (laughs) And you did your magic. And it was my first time witnessing spoken word like that. And it went right into my heart. I felt motivated. I felt wide open. I felt vulnerable. I felt all these emotions. And I was like, this is one of my favorite forms of artistry. And since then, I've met other spoken word artists. I brought them onto my stages. You're probably pretty inaccessible for me, so I didn't bring you on my stages. But I'm totally accessible. <laughs> Here I am. I was, but I was like, I love this form of art. I feel like it really reaches people in a very profound way. Very profound way.
0: Yeah, so I, I think- totally agree. Some of the best art experiences I've ever had in my life was watching other poets yeah on stage from the audience and just It's a unique way to have a human experience through creativity.
1: Yeah. What, when did you start doing spoken word or when did you know you had this gift or did you create the gift?
0: Well, I was always like really interested in language and, uh.
1: Even from a young age?
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm partially because I'm so bad at math. I mean, numbers were always like Mandarin to me. I couldn't, you know, make sense of them and. Mandarin's a beautiful language, by the way, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: yeah, but it's like, yeah. You can't you say anything, anything these days. days. <laughs> or you can say it all if you're doing spoken word. <laughs> yeah, right. Anyway,
0: uh, I loved language and just the rhythm of it. and And then I fell in love with hip hop and I started freestyling when I was a kid. And that was like my first form of meditation. It put me into the present moment in a way that nothing else did in my life at the time. And... I had a lot of stuff that I was working out that I had no other way to process. And that was my outlet. And then when I was like 19 years old, I ended up at an open mic for Poets. And weirdly enough, it's in the same building Nuh-uh. on the this other side. This one right here? Yeah.
1: Nuh-uh. Yeah. 19. Did you say 19?
0: Yeah, I showed up at this place called the Poetry Lounge, which is still... I'm having a moment. ...one of the best open mics in the entire world. It's still going on? Yeah, but it's not here. So it moved to a place called uh, the Greenway Court Theater, which is on Fairfax. But originally, Dante Bosco, shout out to Dante, Sheehan, Jamel, and Poetry, started it in this building on the other side. And like probably 125 people, 150 people would pack into this tiny little coffee house... And we would all sign up on the list and then we would get up and perform. And most of us really were MCs who became poets or uh, actors or, you know, and we just had this place of self-expression and it was beautiful. It was one of the only times in my life I had ever seen people be celebrated for being vulnerable from a place of strength. And I just fell in love with the community immediately. And I just came back every week and I started doing my rapping acapella and People responded. And that was kind of the beginning of my poetic journey.
1: All right. This is, I'm having a moment just because this is called the Manifestable Podcast. And you've actually manifested a beautiful way to reach people. And you just mentioned you were in the same building on the other side doing your spoken word for the first time. Is that would, yeah. I hear that right? That's true. What was your dream in your heart at that, as that 19-year-old? Because look what you've what, look at the reality that you get to experience right now. And what were you dreaming of as a 19-year-old at that time?
0: I wanted to be a rap star.
1: I wanted to be a rap I star? I thought I was going
0: to be a huge <laughs> rap star. The Russell Crowe of hip-hop. No, I'm just kidding. The guy called me Russell Crowe earlier.
1: So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, so really, that's what you were thinking. I'm going to be a rap star.
0: Uh, like Eminem. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just like me. I just mean, like, honestly. Yeah. And... It was something that I pursued with everything I had. Even when I was doing poetry, I was still really pursuing hip-hop. But it was all about rhythm and rhyme and totally, it's all the same. Yeah. self-expression. Yep. And, and I'm glad that I had so many twists and turns because I learned so many things along the path. So even though I didn't achieve what I initially set out to achieve, I took all of the tools that I had kind of like Gathered along the way and put it into what I do now. And I think in general, that's like an interesting lesson for anybody who's listening to this or anybody who's kind of like on their own journey, which is everybody, me included still, is that whatever you do with your time and your love becomes your life and it adds up. And we oftentimes like just think we're having a normal day and it doesn't mean anything. And in the scheme of our lives, it's incremental and accumulative, For us becoming who we become. And so it's like anything that you're doing right now, you're basically planting a seed in your life, consciously or unconsciously. And even if something doesn't work out the way that you imagine, it doesn't mean that you didn't get exactly what you need and that you can't apply it to the next thing that you're doing.
1: Ooh, so good. And I actually would say... There's a similar filament with, you know, we want to call it a rap artist versus like a spoken word. It's still a a way to share art and to share like a message. Kind of the same avenue in a lot of ways, right?
0: Yeah. And I also think that our lives are our greatest art and everybody is an artist. And oftentimes we just don't speak it out loud, you know, and have ownership over the fact that whatever we're doing is some form of creativity.
1: I needed to hear that. I I really want to hear more about this idea that we're all artists. It's something I've actually been working with in my own psyche, because I'm creating this music movement called Manifestable and around these sound frequencies that I'm infusing into these things and I've always just been like I'm not a musician I'm not I don't know but I feel this call to do this so I've had to like work with this idea of I'm an artist I'm an artist I'm an artist so I want you to tell a little, uh, for anybody who might be dealing with that too this idea that you're an artist will you speak to that for all of us why you feel we're all an artist
0: well, let me just actually reflect a question back onto you. Why would you think that you're not an artist?
1: I think there was this part of me that felt that artists were, like they had these unique genius around seeing the unseen, and they would create, and they had this freedom of creation, and I always just was like, oh, I'm a linear entrepreneur. <laughs> and I know it's all not true now, but at the time, I was like, oh, I, I'm, not, I'm not an artist. I'm an entrepreneur. But I think these are just interesting labels. I think
0: an entrepreneur is an artist.
1: Exactly.
0: <laughs> I mean, literally what you're doing is you're giving creating. birth to something in the world that didn't exist. You're seeing the unseen by noticing something that is valuable, mm-hmm. that is not already here, and then going out and building it. Yeah. If that's not art, what is? This conversation that we're having right now is art.
1: Yeah. yeah. You know,
0: it, how you decide to fill your day is art. Looking at a flower yeah. and, you know, having a moment with it is art. God is art. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we're art. Our bodies, we're all art. That's so beautiful.
0: Totally. And by the way, it's alive. Art is alive. It's always changing. Yeah. So you're an artist.
1: (laughs) We're all artists. I Follow your bliss. See the unseen. (laughs) So good. I love that. Thank you for sharing that in depth. I'm taking that in even more. Yeah. Can I say
0: one more thing? Yeah. Also, everybody as an adult wants to do everything great. We all wanna be valued and valuable and validated. Yeah. And so we're like, I gotta do something great. And it turns us into perfectionists to the point where we don't play anymore. We don't give ourselves the space and the freedom to fail, the freedom to fail. Oh. Oh my God, how important is that? The freedom to fucking fail and then get back up and try something else. We do that as kids, right? Mm -hmm. But as adults, you know, we kind of calcify into our lives, even if our lives are things that we do well. Right. uh, Things that we're successful at. So give yourself the freedom to fail. Give yourself the freedom to play as an artist and just express yourself. And don't try to make something great when you're making a piece of art. Just make something true.
1: Ooh, can I just say that? Try not to make something great. Just make something true
0: yeah, and if you make something true, it will be great
1: exactly. There's no way it can't.
0: There's a way that someone else could perceive it as not being great. They could say, "I don't like that or blah blah blah. But first of all, fuck them. <laughs> Second of all, <laughs> love them. Yes, they have every right not Total. to like it. <laughs> totally. But if you make something true, nobody can judge it. yeah, it's unjudgeable.
1: yes, it's
0: just self-expression.
1: How did you get to this place of saying? I don't care what other people think. Well, I do, do care
0: me- what other people think. Do I'm you? I'm definitely not beyond that. But I... Do you really, though? Do you really care?
1: Do you create and care if they like it? Or do you, are you really yeah. beyond that? You do care? Yeah, I care. Okay.
0: Yeah. I don't think I'd be human if I didn't care.
1: It's interesting. I just talked... Do you know Gary Vee? He's very popular.
0: Yeah, I did one gig with him with Aubrey Marcus in Austin. And it was awesome. And I, re- I really liked him.
1: Yeah, what I... What was interesting with me with him, because I always just think he just says whatever he wants to say and he's just like super free. And he was like, I care so much what people think. And I was like, wow, thanks for that vulnerability because you put off like you don't. (laughs) And it's very freeing to other people, but it just shows that because you also put off that energy like. Like, I'm just going to deliver my messages. I'm going to be who I am. I'm going to say the thing that maybe someone doesn't want to hear in my art, because you get away with it in art, which I love. And yeah, you still do care. And that's powerful for people to hear. Because we get to still do our art, even when we kind of care what people think.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're in this culture that's all about hero worship. And it's you either look up to people or you look down on people. And we rarely ever look at people. And when you're looking up to people, the success that they achieve, instead of it being inspiring, often it's like discouraging because they're so far away. How could I ever achieve that? You know, and then when you look down on people, you're really just like making yourself feel better.
1: Yeah. There's still a separation in either one. Yeah.
0: Exactly. You're actually doing the exact same thing. So the reason why I try to say that out loud, or I can look at somebody like Gary Vee, and not only do I respect what he's talking about, I mean, I agree with almost 100% of what he says. <laughs> Anytime he says anything, I'm, like, I resonate You're like, I'm mm,
1: glad you're saying it. Yes.
0: No, exactly. <laughs> but the fact that he can say, hey, you know, I do care, but I do it anyway, or that that's I can powerful. say, I do care, but I do it anyway. Yeah, that's powerful. That hopefully is not discouraging, it's encouraging. Mm-hmm. Because I'm, nobody's a superhero here. Everybody's just putting one step in front of the next.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. What inspires you? Because you, when you speak, when you do poetry, it's very inspiring. And where do you get that inspiration? How do you fill yourself up with inspiration? I know life's massive inspiration, but what inspires you?
0: I would say I have learned to pay attention to when something stands out in reality and resonates with me. And when it does, I write it down.
1: Ooh, you write it down. Do you walk yeah. around with a notebook or anything? Or? No, I
0: have my phone. So you
1: just write it? You're like, ooh, that, t- that that hit me.
0: Yeah, yeah. The iPhone has actually changed the way that I've written. I mean, I'm really glad that I started writing just on notepads and everything yeah. when I was a kid. It's actually a gift to have been able to grow up without technology, but also be an age where you could adapt to it. Mm-hmm. And to see both sides, I feel really grateful for that. But the iPhone has changed how I write because of the cut and paste and the edit. And everywhere I am, I'm not writing on napkins anymore or, you know, <laughs> toilet paper. <laughs> you
1: were, like, doing it wherever we could. Wherever like, I right. could, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love that. So um, you're capturing. Yeah. You're like, oh, that was a moment. That's really cool. So another—I wanted to ask you this because when you do your poetry, like, I also think I just heard you at—were you at— I'm gonna name drop a organization now. What am I thinking about? They were in Palm Springs. Did you perform in Palm Springs at uh, Was it Summit again? Oh, oh my gosh! Shout out to Summit. Were you at Summit in Palm Springs just I recently?
0: Did I did the. Uh,
1: you did a thing. The
0: opening plenary that yes. they, they had, and I also did a workshop.
1: Okay, I wasn't at your workshop, but I was at that poem that you dropped, and it was so vulnerable. And I was, my artistry inside of me was wanting to ask your artistry. I was like, we're, because it requires a lot of reflection to come up with those words. It requires a lot of watching human behavior, watching the world, watching what's going on. And so my question is, do you sit in a lot of meditation? Do you sit in a lot of inquiry? I mean, we're going back to that word. Do you sit in that a lot? Do you just make sure you have time for that to come up with these deeper thoughts?
0: I definitely meditate. And I definitely try to be as present as possible. And I definitely pay attention. And once I start something in a a place that is moving and meaningful to me, the rest of the piece will almost write itself if I give it enough time and space. And I just have to give it that time and space. I mean, sometimes I feel overtaken and I have to write a piece. And then before I like even realize that the piece is finished and then sometimes it takes more conscious effort but as long as the container of the conscious effort is pure inspiration it wants to come into the world mm. so it's just kind of like using me to do that and I know that might sound a little like corny or no. whatever but I, I actually like believe that mm-hmm. and I can feel it as I'm creating Yeah, that the piece is like struggling to come out. Like sometimes I'll write something and it's great. Yeah, you're like, that's flute. Like, that oh, flute. that's so great. But it's not right because it's not true. Going back to our earlier point. Like there's a truth that wants to be expressed in the piece. So I'm just uh trying to shepherd it into the world.
1: How is speaking your poem versus writing it? Because you have this book here. How do you feel like is can people receive the same power? Obviously, that's a dumb question because I know they can. But how was that in relation to writing? Because I've written books. Now it's it's an interesting journey. (laughs) How was that journey writing your book (sighs) versus like you creating and then speaking it?
0: Yeah, I mean, I did the audio book for Inquire Within as well. So I was able to like, speak them. Yeah.
1: I bet that's so good. I'm gonna have to get that actually. Make that note for me, Brooke.
0: (laughs) That will be really good. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. But I also liked putting it into the book because then it could have a life for other people. When they hear me express it, it has my vocal fingerprint and my emotion and my rhythm and totally. My emphasis, my volume.
1: Absolutely.
0: But I almost like feel that it is its own piece of art to hear it that way. Mm -hmm. And then when people can read it in their own voice and their own rhythm and their own, you know, interpretation based on the moment that they're in when they're experiencing it, then it has a life for, for them. So it's almost like to put it into the book, I had to kill it in order for it to be born for other people. And that was like... A long, complicated process yes. <laughs> for me. But then, once I let the poems go, they also took on a new life for me.
1: Mm. I just noticed the top of your writing. I didn't notice it when I picked up the book. When he came in, I was like, "Oh, let me look at your book." If you change the present, you change the past and the future. And I was just speaking on this concept with these coaching clients that I have, and I was. I want to hear your version of this because this is something I think a lot of people think. Oh, if I'm in the present, then my future shifts. My what I'm stepping into shifts. I'm creating, but your your present is also creating your past.
0: What does it mean to you?
1: Well, I feel like sometimes we think. Okay, I'm going to use an analogy. It's like this sailboat, right? The sailboat's in the water, and we think like, what's moving that sailboat? Is it the waves that are coming and the wind that's blowing it, like moving it truly into the future present? Or is the boat already there, right? And so you're actually that present of the boat is what's creating the wind and the waves. That makes sense because you can't have the wind and the waves without you know you can't have the boat without the wind and the waves. That makes sense
0: it, it, it in a roundabout way. Actually, I don't care because it brought me more into the present. <laughs> because I got, you confused me into being here. <laughs> I, I think you know what you mean, which is great.
1: <laughs> what I'm saying is like we think that a past condition is what's creating our present moment. But I believe our present moment, right, this moment, is what's creating our past. And we actually re- are rewriting the past from how we are in our present. That's true. Yeah. So what is when you wrote that on there, what did it mean for you?
0: Okay, I'm going to read this new poem that I just finished. And maybe it will answer the question. You know, sometimes people will come up to me after performing and they'll be like, Wow, that one line that you said. da 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 that changed me, man. I really feel that. And and it's not what I said.
1: Whoa. They're wrong. You're like, I'm not going to say that I didn't say that, but that's great. I'm happy for
0: you. Well, I never correct them. Yeah,
1: because that was the message they heard. Exactly. Wow. Who am I? Does that happen quite a bit? Yes. You're like, whoa, I didn't say that, but that's cool. You picked that up.
0: Well, or or they'll change three words, but in changing three words, it kind of changes the meaning.
1: Oh my gosh, that's awesome.
0: But I feel like it's pretentious for me to contain somebody else's interpretation no, totally, of my art. Totally. So I just go, great, that's what that's they.
1: amazing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so I'm so not gonna cool.
0: overly explain that, but
1: Okay, that's awesome. But
0: this is like a poem that I just finished. So this will be
1: Yeah. we we're, for we're me lucky. We're, this is amazing.
0: Time is like origami. It folds in on itself. It repeats patterns to create shape. There is no entrance and no escape. It is the essence of life. We exist because we wait. We exist because we wait. We are all passing through time. Death is the price of admission. If you listen hard enough, you'll hear your soul make its decision. For God to know itself, it must experience division. To separate into a world where its awareness is a prison. To separate into a world where its awareness is a prism. God said, let there be light. God said, let there be time. God said, let there be God so we could witness the divine. Someone asked if I believe in God, and I replied, I do. See, after all this time, I've come to find that I believe in you. You're my God. I know that might be blasphemous to say, but I try to pray to everyone I meet throughout my day. I look them in the eyes and worship them. They help me find my way because behind our interactions, they remind me it's okay. We telepathically communicate and silently convey. I confess a million things I'm normally too proud to say. I confess a million things I'm normally too scared to say. And they greet me with compassion. There's a spaceship in my mind that God is flying. I'm the path. Passenger. I sit back and recline through space and time. It's a massacre. Destruction and creation, the design of matters masterful. I watch the beautiful disasters pass me through the window flashing faster towards crescendo, atoms crashing into atoms that attract each other's tempo. We all catch amnesia. How could finding purpose be so simple? How could people be the purpose? How can purpose be the people? How can sitting with the stranger be the modern church steeple? How can Good exist if we don't have a notion of what's evil. See, infinity is lonely if there's no one to applaud. How can God exist if nothing else exists beyond God? You're my God, damn it. To some that might be blasphemous to say, but I try to pray to everyone I meet throughout my day because I know that they've forgotten that they're God along the way. And if I help them jog their memory, the fog will go away. Maybe nobody is anyone and everyone is one. Maybe nothing can be anything till everything is gone. Maybe I am just the echo from a word that hasn't come, a mirror image that's been shattered to observe what it's become. Maybe everything I'm seeing is projected from my brain so when When I turn my head, it disappears into the void again. Or maybe it's a simulation. Someone's rendering the frame and my DNA is really code inside the mainframe. Or maybe God's a hacker and my life's a video game where I'm an avatar. Some 40-year-old alien is playing. I'm just playing. I'm just saying, fuck if I know what I'm saying. I can't tell you why we're here, but I can tell you why I'm staying. You're my God. I've been praying to your ass secretly. Underneath my speech, I'm using universal frequencies. I'm deciphering the code of what we truly want to be. I saw the universe explode out of a timeless entity. I'm beyond, beyond, before, before, and after being free. I'm like an origami swan floating through the galaxy. I fit inside your palm. I'm drowning in a fucking cup of tea. But I believe in you even if you don't believe in me.
1: Wow. If you're anything like me, you probably have to turn off the news because it can be way too stressful at times. Actually, I don't really even listen to the news because it is so stressful from one sentence in. (laughs) With everything that's currently going on in the world on top of daily life stresses, it can all feel like it is piling up. You are not alone if you're feeling this. And the worst part is when our bodies experience stress and anxiety, it leads to a laundry list of serious health issues. And the longer we stay in that state, the worse it gets. Now, I can't remove these stresses from your life. That's going to be up to you. But what I can do is help you reduce that feeling of stress and anxiety with my free stress release visualization. Yes, I'm going to give it to you for free. I want to help you out. I do know that there's power in just listening to a visualization, following along to reduce your stress. I'm telling you, it'll take your stress from a 9, 10, all the way down to a zero, one, or 2. You have nothing to lose. The truth is stress begins in the brain and wreaks havoc throughout the whole body. It causes a whole slew of health issues if not taken care of. But in this visualization, we will speak directly to the brain to help rewire those feelings of stress and anxiety so that they slowly start to melt away. Okay. So all you have to do is go to dinettstress.com and you're going to download this simple solution right into your phone, right into your inbox. So all you have to do is type in dinett, D A N E T T E, stress.com right now go open up your browser start putting this in you'll put in your email it'll go right into your inbox so that you can start living a more stressful free life i love you so much and you are worthy for this i like find myself tear up <laughs> when i listen to you and i like wanna do a line because it was about sitting with the person and i'm going to murder the line but it was around that is your steeple that is your church was it? And I don't know. I was meditating before coming here. And, you know, I live up in Colorado on a mountain. So coming in here, we're down in like Hollywood. And I can feel energy. It's so different here. And mm. I love this poem because I was just feeling the hearts of so many people. I'm going to tear up on this dang thing. But That's just okay. feeling the hearts of so many people here. It's like, wow, it's so intense. And you're just bringing us back to like, why we're doing what we're doing, and maybe it's just these like simple moments. It's everything.
0: That my wife asked me. She was like, do you believe in God? See, we have many spiritual conversations, but, yeah. you know, your belief can change over time. Hers even has. So we were, like, talking about spirituality in general, and she said, do you believe in God? Like, just out and out. And I said, I believe in you. And it's true. Like, she's my God, you know. And I've also been practicing underneath talking to people, praying for them and praying to them. Like, just as, like a...
1: Anyone. An experiment. Like, yeah.
0: Yeah. Whether they're a stranger, whether their primary relationship, whether they're, like, a friend or an acquaintance. I, like, try to, if I can remember, yeah, to, like... Pray not only for them, but to them. Yeah. Because being in relationship, in my opinion, is the purpose of being in the world. And so, and also, <laughs> and so, and also. <laughs> the polarity. Uh, being in relationship is so hard. And you can feel people going through so much. Like you said, you know, being here. You can feel people going through so much. But also, like, you, you probably being on the mountain, you well, I'm feel— not, I'm not
1: bumping into this. Like, I'm not in the energy field of a lot of different people. I'm with more animals than people. But I was, yeah. that
0: was what I was going to say. Nature can, can fill mm-hmm. you up in the same way. It can be, you know, a different version of the mirror of life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Can I expand on what you just said? So you were playing with the experiment of, like, each person you meet, like, you're meeting God. Yeah. Like they're God, like stranger, whoever I'm like, if we're sitting here and I'm looking, I'm talking to God right now. Like, how can you expand on what that has been like? Because now I'm like, whoa, I want to take on this experiment. I want to look at this. I want to ex- like, just what if I, every person and I, we're not trying to be like all whatever, but I just want to try that on. What has that been like for you?
0: I mean, sometimes I don't like God. Sometimes I'm like...
1: <laughs> like, interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah, but but why not still do it?
1: If it was God and you have this idea of God, whether you say it's your wife and you love her and you see so much for her, but you give that person the same love energy that you give your wife, has that shifted you? Have you done that? Are you doing I mean, that? I
0: mean, I think that I don't give the same energy, you know, but I do give that loving compassionate energy to the best of my ability at that moment. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes I definitely fall short. Sometimes I forget
1: to remember.
0: And sometimes I remember to forget. (laughs) (laughs) I remember to forget. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely like anything else. If you take on a practice, it will will shift you in some way. I remember I got in an argument with this guy at Burning Man once, which is like the start of every douchebag story. (laughs) Shout out to Burning Man, though. I love it. It's the only place <laughs> Wait, that I've I ever wanna been. I want to hear
1: this argument. That's funny. I've actually never heard anyone say I've gotten got into an argument at Burning Man. <laughs>
0: yeah. And I, but I do want to say out loud to anybody who's never been to Burning Man, it's the only place that I've ever been that is the physical representation of infinite possibility because everybody's a part of the art and it's a never change, ever changing, never changing <laughs> mosaic. It's really a beautiful... Thing to experience if you've never experienced it. But there's also a lot of performative spirituality.
1: I've, I imagine. You know,
0: so it's like, okay. Anyway, I was talking to this guy and uh, I was in a, a bit of a mood, which I happens. like the NQ
1: has a mood. This is great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's in a mood. Okay.
0: <laughs> so I was basically saying, like, you know, that I felt like we were on a bad path at the time. You and like, this human. I was saying to him in general, the world feels like it's headed okay. in a dangerous direction. Okay. And I was like, I'm not sure, you know, blah, blah, blah. That was my kind of like yeah, position. You're... And he he was older and he like leans back and he goes, you know, every generation thinks the world is gonna end. And he said, the reason is is because every generation, their own mortality is up for grabs. And because their own mortality You know, they see their own end. They unconsciously are like, this couldn't go on without me. So you guys are doing it wrong. And that's kind of true if you think about it. Like, almost every generation is probably like, we're headed in the wrong direction. Oh, I've asked a
1: lot of older people, does it feel different now? Or does this feel like you've seen this when you were younger? Like the older, older people that are almost going out. And they're like, no, this feels different.
0: Yeah. But then that gave me some perspective, and and I don't take it so seriously anymore.
1: Really, that gave you. So why? What was the argument? Are you even sure? that was
0: the argument? We we, we were just, going back and forth we were on kind it. Kind of going back and forth on it, yeah. but what he said stayed with me. I think I agree with him that we all we can't imagine the world going on without us.
1: We want to feel so important,
0: <laughs> you know. So, but now I'm just kind of I try to throw my hands up and take the ride a little bit more.
1: I think. If anything, at least for me, well, can I ask you this? Because then I'll share mine. What do you feel has been the lesson of this ride we've been on in the last few years for you? What do you feel has like been a couple of the bigger lessons for you?
0: I think that we were all removed from our lives. We were on, you know, that kind of rat race, circular treadmill, and everything stopped. And we were forced to, it was almost like Mother Nature was like, go to your room.
1: (laughs) To have a time out.
0: (laughs) And you think about what you've done, you know. (laughs) And uh, I don't know if we've learned anything collectively, but I certainly learned something as an individual. Uh, I think my life is drastically different than before the pandemic. In what way? I don't take myself as seriously. I really don't. I don't even take my dreams as seriously. It's not that I pursue them with any less passion or purpose. I just want to be in discovery of my own life and my art and stop telling the world what I want it to be.
1: Or want it to know or want mm. it to feel.
0: All of that. You know, it's thing like we, we came here to change the world, you know, but we also came here to have the world change us. And if we're too heavily weighted on one side or the other, we're missing the moment.
1: Oh, so good. So good. What did you learn? I actually feel somewhat similar. One of my, I learned two things that I feel like were my takeaways for my own evolution. Like you said, we learn stuff collectively. For me as an individual, one was like, who am I to say what's right or wrong or that there shouldn't be polarity or dark or light? like. What if it's all perfect, you know? And so it just takes away a little bit of the pressure. Like, all of this is probably perfect. Yeah. And can I just enjoy the show, right? Like, can I just get some popcorn out and get my Olipop and enjoy the show instead of trying to, like, figure out the show or what's going to happen at the end of the show? Just enjoy the show.
0: <laughs> well, so that the same guy at Burning Man, after we got into our little yeah. thing, then we started talking about God. And his perspective was that God was one thing. And God could not experience itself as one thing. So it split itself up, so it could have the experience of itself. And that that was the purpose of life. And I incorporated that and other things into the poem that you heard earlier. So when you're just sitting and having the popcorn, you're kind of like inherently realizing that you're just a part of this infinite play of God experiencing itself and I'm not trying to belittle anyone's real suffering or real struggle.
1: That's also part of this whole thing. I mean, that's never ending in a lot of ways in some degree. So It just didn't happen over this time period. It's just, there's a lot of suffering.
0: It's not understandable Mm -hmm. often, Mm -hmm. but it is the only way that we could have life is dichotomy because you could, you, it's not only God would have to have God to experience God. It's that you would have to have good to experience bad and vice versa. You would have to have up to experience down. You need all of these things in order to have a sense of yourself in space and time. So yeah, I'm not uh, in any way belittling what anybody else goes through. We all have our you know, yeah. personal struggles at various times in our lives. And we all have to leave this thing alone, no matter what we do or... or
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I love that we can, you know, talking about going back to our earlier conversation about like, do you want people to like your stuff? You know, for the longest time, I didn't start this typical show because I have so much I want to share, but I was like, ah, oh, I'm nervous to share because if I really share or I have conversations that feel true, like we're going back to the word true, how is it going to be misinterpreted or is it going to be liked or is it going to be hurt someone? And I just have to stay in the information that I'm going to always speak what I feel in that moment. And it may shift in a week, it may shift in a year, but I'm going to try to stay into that trueness for me, regardless if you like it or not. So like I love that we're having this conversation and that's what I'm trying to say is that can we all just like let people have their conversations and speak what they're going to speak and do things the way they're going to do and just be in curiosity and I'm going to keep going even if someone doesn't like it or not like it. So that made that decision.
0: That's you being in discovery and, and inviting other people to experience you in discovery and be in discovery themselves. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think that was my second thing that I learned. And I, I'm going to break it down real simple terms just and then we'll move on because I want to ask him one more thing about time. So you got me on the side thing about time now. But the other thing that I was learning was around people's inherent like makeup. And I, I'm just breaking it up like there was it felt like if we were to say, oh, there was a division to me, I could see two different filaments I could see this filament of a human, whether it was in their own life or past DNA from ancestral stuff that was fighting for freedom and was like, I want freedom. And that's important to me. And this is how I see it. And I feel like my freedom's being taken, right? Mm-hmm. I can, And I honestly, I could feel that in my own self. Like I was like, where have I felt unfree? And where has my ancestry felt unfree? And then, because some of my very closest, closest friends had other filaments of like safety and wanting to protect. And maybe they having this feeling of like maybe they were wanting to protect other people and people had passed on in their lineage or they'd had lost loved ones. And so they were like, I will do anything to protect and to make sure no one passes on. That I love. And so they were fighting for that. And everybody wanted basically the same thing. I get chills on my cheeks talking about it because it's like we're all these beautiful, beautiful humans or gods, whatever we want to say. And we just had these different energy filaments, it felt like. And we were just kind of like going through this with different energy filaments. But ultimately, it gave me a lot more grace for humanity Mm. and grace for myself
0: it was definitely a collective trauma and everybody yeah. everybody responds to trauma <laughs> <Sounds> differently, differently.
1: <laughs> totally so it totally. was probably
0: idealistic for us to think it would bring the world together it was like oh everyone's experiencing this same thing at the same time it will bring the world together or
1: <laughs> or you have disagreements in burning man cuz we're all in burning man in life <laughs>
0: yeah well that was that was many many years <laughs> yeah earlier. but
1: I want to ask you just an interesting question because I've been really feeling into this idea of human time mm-hmm. and metaphysical, or maybe no time. Can I ask you, like, what maybe your wife would ask when it comes to God? Do you believe in time as we know it, as humans, in this linear sense?
0: I think time is everything. Time is. I don't think before the world existed, or the Big Bang, or however you would view it, that that time existed. I think. I think time is the creation.
1: Time is the creation. Time
0: and matter, yeah.
1: Do you think there's past lives? By the
0: way, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about.
1: I know. I know you are going to go just there. Cl- clearly. <laughs> we just are, I'm just super high curious. High school
0: education, you know what <laughs> I
1: mean? Do you believe in past lives?
0: I think it's definitely possible. Okay. I mean, you know, it's like, I have a piece about reincarnation that I wrote and I wanted to explore it through, through the piece. I mean, if energy can neither be created or destroyed and it only transforms, then it is some form of reincarnation, whether it's like conscious reincarnation, you know, and you have to work out karma. I don't know, but I'll tell you what, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, I wouldn't be surprised.
1: Mm, okay. Can I just fire off a few sure. things? And
0: well, what do you think?
1: I, well, well, I'm asking you.
0: Okay. I feel I, like we should have shroomed before this.
1: <laughs> I love just because I, I recognize NQ in, in this moment. Could I could talk to him in like what we call human seven days from now. And he would maybe have a different belief. But like in this moment, you. I would just like love to know, like, do you feel like you're creating your future in the most, this very moment?
0: Yeah, definitely. I definitely do. But I also think that there are things that, as I said earlier, when we were talking about suffering, are not they're not understandable. You'll never be able to make sense out of them. And there are things that will happen in my future that I either didn't consciously create or they just happened.
1: So you believe there's things happening that you didn't consciously create?
0: Yes, okay. I do. I believe that everything is a web of energy, that we're all vibrating energy and that that is like an antenna and we are attracted to things and we attract things based on that vibration. But I also believe that the universe can be random and there's things that are beyond either my power or your vibration to control or my vibration. Or there are things that are happening that... I may not think I want here and now, but actually, they're the best thing for me after I learn from that experience or gain perspective on the other side. So I don't presume to understand the intentionality of the universe, (laughs) but I like to play around with communicating with it.
1: If you were a color, would you be red or yellow?
0: I'm and blue. Why? I'd be blue.
1: You'd be blue. And <laughs> why?
0: Because we're <laughs> I don't know, it just feels good. Feels good. Yeah.
1: Feels good. Would people call you type A or not type A?
0: Well, I don't even know what that means.
1: Type A, I'm gonna use I think type A would be someone who's very driven, who knows what they want, they go for it, they speak what they want, they they march to a very direct drum.
0: I think that I've been very ambitious in my life based on desperation and obsession. And now that I'm neither really desperate or obsessive, I find myself much more curious than ambitious. And I think that a lot of people are chasing something to run away from themselves.
1: Ooh, Fill into that one for a moment. That's a good one.
0: Yeah, mm. yeah I see a lot of people doing that. You know, it, it's like somebody who like, I was actually talking with Aubrey about this the other day, because if you're a minimalist, Or you're a maximalist, you're really just trying to do the same thing, ultimately.
1: Oh, my gosh. It's so good. Okay. Uh, Thank you.
0: Yeah. So it's like somebody who's, like, pursuing everything. I want everything. You know? I want it all. I want to win. And you see people in all sorts of areas of life, they want to take over. You know? They want to get it all. You know? They want (laughs) to... And it's like all just boring, you know, like, okay. And then you see somebody who's like totally unattached, has no goals, sits on a mountaintop and, you know, it's like I have such deep respect. Even I said boring, but I have deep respect for both because I know how much discipline and drive that both of those things take.
1: I think it's important that you're bringing that up because I think some people wouldn't say the other one takes drive.
0: No, they both take Take drive. drive. And and you look at somebody who's, by the way, attached to being unattached, and it's the same exact thing.
1: (laughs) It's the same drug.
0: (laughs) You know, it's like, like somebody is like, won't let go of letting go. It's like, okay, well then, what's the difference between you and a Fortune 500 person? It's kind of the same thing. You're just trying to get closer to God. You want to have it all so you can get closer to God or you want to have nothing.
1: To get closer to God. To
0: get closer to yourself. God.
1: You talked about vibration and there's been scales of frequency studied and tested. Like, do you believe in a certain frequency being a frequency that you're choosing or that you want to be on? If you were to say, okay, I'm going to be on a frequency, that also sounds kind of like egoic, but (laughs) like you're trying to create something. But do you believe that there's a frequency that gets you more where you would like to be in attracting or, or no?
0: I don't know. I I feel I'm a micro pessimist sometimes, but I'm a macro optimist. And sometimes I actually enjoy kind of being annoyed in the moment. It's like kind of fun.
1: I think we all do i think we don't whether we realize it or not we're kind of yeah. like we like stirring it up a little
0: yeah it's kind of fun i mean it's a part <laughs> of the human experience you know it's a fun not to like somebody by the way it's kind of fun <laughs> to be like me 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 meh. but if you take it seriously <laughs> then you forget and you actually get like wrapped up in that thing but uh but when i zoom out and i'm not like head to the television looking at every pixel i'm just like overwhelmingly Hopeful about the world, and I like that my frequency changes as I change. And I like having the human experience of being in process uh, and not being perfect and yeah. celebrating all of it.
1: love that all right. One of my last questions. Okay. I loved chatting with you, by the way.
0: Thank you, you too I Thank would you for love me. to like
1: go down the rabbit hole with you sometime. Like we kind of did, but at the same time, you know, we have never met before, <laughs> really yeah. officially, officially, yeah, if you are standing, I mean, now it feels like a million gods looking at you, a million people. And you had, and they're just looking. They just want to hear something from you or feel something from you. What do you say or what do you emit telepathically to them?
0: Everything's going to be okay.
1: Everything's going to be okay. I think your other poem at Summit said that everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Did it end like that almost?
0: Yeah, except I kind of repeat it over and over again. And then in the last line, I do the rhyme setup. But then I just don't say it so that people say it in their own minds.
1: That's right. It was powerful. Everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay.
0: Everything's going to be okay.
1: (laughs) I love that. Thank you so much for being on. And for those of you listening, just remember, you're powerful everything's gonna be okay you're loved and thanks for letting us just share this human experience that we're having right now (laughs) and where we're at and like we said we know nothing and we're just enjoying this ride and at the same time we hope we've learned along the way so thank you so much thanks for being on People are constantly asking me how I continue to look younger as I get older. (laughs) There are many tools that have kept me youthful, like superfoods, moving my body, hydration, belief, doing meditation. But a big one that I don't really talk about a lot is using non-toxic beauty products. I can't stress this enough. Imagine if you put toxicity on your skin, you are going to age quicker and so many people are doing that in their face wash in their skincare routine, which is just crazy to me. But this is why I love Anne-Marie Skincare because their products are made safe certified, which means they are free of toxins, heavy metals, carcinogens, pesticides, and other harmful chemicals. They are also completely cruelty-free and are constantly improving their products and methods to become more sustainable. So one of the things that I really like is their body oils, (laughs) their lotions, and their face serums—it's so luxurious, and it feels so good on my skin, and it smells amazing. And right now, Anne Skincare is gifting the Manifestable podcast listeners fifteen percent off your order site wide when you use the code Manifestable at checkout. Go to AnneMarieSkincare.com. So I'm going to spell Anne Marie for you: A-N-N. Marie, M-A-R-I-E, skincare.com and use the code Manifestable at checkout to receive 15% off your order. That's amazing. And I have to tell you, they have all sorts of yummy products. So go shop and see what you can find because I have a feeling you're going to love it. Now, let's get back to the show.